on this day in 2015, not 2015, I'm sorry, on this day in 1915, chemical weapons were used for the first time. In World War I, chemical weapons were used by the Germans against the Allied forces in Belgium, in Flanders Field. There's a poem about that. You may have heard it. Welcome to Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf. This is, is a dark opening. Stay with me, though. There's light at the end of this conversation. There's point to this. Not to be a fretful Friday, but to bring some insights to you. So think about this. Chemical weapons were used. Mass casualties. In Belgium, of all places. And this was... You know, an area in Flanders, in Belgium, I'm looking up some information off on the side here to make sure I get you the right info, that had been the site of conflict since the 1300s. That area had been a massive, actually, economic force prior to, let's see, 1380, 1383, when it was seized by the French and has been a site of repeated conflict since then. So think about that. 1915, that is over, what, from 13 to 19, so that's over 500 years fighting in the same place still, in a sense, or again, after multiple wars, after multiple battles had been fought in that area. That area had fallen, in, you know, and fallen on economic hard times after the 1383 um invasion and, and unsuccessful siege by the French. And here again, the Germans and the French and the Allied forces were fighting in the same area again. And this time, mass casualties, an estimated 90,000 casualties. Am I getting this right? On the, on the hundreds of thousands of casualties, not deaths, but those that were injured. My mother's father was one of those. And this is where I want to bring this around to something that has a positive ending to just an unthinkably horrible story. So my mother's father was fighting in World War I, and he was left for dead on the frozen ground in Flanders Field after a chemical weapon attack that damaged his lungs and his heart as a result of the chemicals. There was a crew who was picking up the bodies. Imagine that. It's wintertime, the ground's frozen, and you're picking up these bodies from this mass attack and, and one of those soldiers that had that grim, just unthinkable duty noticed a slight frost on my grandfather's upper lip. It made him stop. And instead of picking him up and throwing his body on the truck stacked with other dead bodies, many frozen after laying in Flanders Field, stopped and called over for help and they investigated closer and realized because it's cold, right? There's not going to be any frost. There can be no warmth. These are men, soldiers, someone's sons, husbands, brothers that were assumed dead because they had been left for hours on the frozen ground. So there shouldn't be any frost. There'd be no warmth from the body to cause frost. So they double checked and realized, yeah, you know what? Almost no pulse, but there was a pulse. And because of that man's actions, 
my grandfather's life was saved. Now, he went on after World War I to live through the Great Depression, grinding economic turmoil very hard for many, many families. 30% unemployment at its worst, you know, at the worst time during the unemployment. And then World War II to see his brothers and sons be involved in another global conflict. Korea. My uncle, one of my grandfather's sons, ended up fighting in Korea. Marine Corps chopper pilot. Yet, suffering through the damage that was caused by that chemical attack, that gas attack, he had 17 heart failures throughout his life. Yet, he had a prosperous career in banking, a distinguished career in banking. He was president of his local Rotary chapter. He married a fiery Irish Catholic Bostonian woman from Boston, Dolly. Incredible. My grandmother had four children. Had, by my count, and if family, if you're watching this, if I've got this wrong, let me know. I apologize. But he had uh, 20 grandchildren. Most that he lived long enough to get to know. So look at what he did with his life because one person really saw him. You know, do you, here's, here's my question to you. When you meet people, especially under unbelievably stressful circumstances, you know, the last two years have been crazy. Next two years, it's going to be turmoil, high inflation, potential recession. We know there's some more supply chain issues that are more supply chain disruptions that are coming because there are fertilizer shortages for planting this spring's crop. You know, this, this spring's planting for the crop that we would normally be eating, buying in grocery stores later this year. Major ports in China are shut down right now, which will disrupt shipments. If it hasn't already affected your business, it's likely to in 60, 90 days because of the shipping cycles. So more turmoil on the horizon. And here's the thing. Under those hard, distraction-filled, emotional moments, are you seeing the frost? Do you see the frost on people's lips? Do you really see people, what they're going through, what they need, how you can be of service? Do you focus on what's happening to you or are you focusing on what you're doing with that experience in your life? How you're applying that, how you are working to it, how you're responding to it. Are you helping other people work through their experiences to be able to, are you helping them through their quote, sure trials and low spots? One of my favorite reference books has that phrase in it. Sure trials and low spots. Not maybe, not could possibly, not maybe happen to them over there. Everybody, sure trials and low spots in life. Life deals catastrophe at times things happen that fast things can change someone runs a red light slams into your car slams into someone that you know their car how are you helping people through that what are you doing to help them through their sure, their sure trials and low spots now my grandfather's legacy was 20 grandchildren there were multiple doctors a silicon valley tech tycoon 
professional salespeople, executives, professors. They went on to achieve a lot. The legacy, just two generations from his experience, you know, went all the way back in World War One. He could have been left for dead. Even though he wasn't, someone could have missed the frost on his lip because they were hustling through an unpleasant task. That's not even an appropriate way to state it. How awful, right? Picking the bodies up off the battlefield after a chemical attack killed thousands. But one person in their stress, in their despair, saw the frost on my grandfather's lips. And he went on to have that, because of that, he went on to have the legacy, 20 grandchildren that achieved a lot. An all-nation football player from school. Didn't go pro, went to become a very successful executive. So a lot of impact, a lot of impact. How are you looking at your legacy? Two generations out, 200 years out. What is your legacy going to be? What do you want it to be? And are you living consistent today with that? Two big questions. Are you, you know, are you considering your legacy in using what you experience to live consistent with that? Leveraging those experiences to create that legacy? Second, are you helping others through their sure trials and low spots so that they can focus on learning from their experiences and moving forward with creating a positive legacy as well? That's the light at the end of the tunnel. At the end of the day, are you leaving the world a better place than you found it? There's a lot of different ways to, to do that. Bob Metcalf, founder of 3Com, inventor of Ethernet, connected billions of people to the internet. What impact does that have? Got compensated well for it. My cousin, the Silicon Valley tech tycoon, made it possible for people to communicate way more efficiently. Now, it's not a technology you would know of unless you're in the communications industry and in the, in the plumbing of the internet. I was involved in, in, the, in the creation of tech that helps people communicate, makes live interactions like this possible because we've got the speed on the internet to feed the, the video, audio, and chat as I'm watching over here in the window real time. What's your legacy? What do you want it to be? Don't focus on what happens to you. Use it to create a positive better future, a long-term legacy, not just two generations, but 200 years, 400 years out and help others through their sure trials and low spots. I'll say that again, sure trials and low spots. It's part of life. We're here to help each other with that. Have an awesome Friday and awesome weekend. I'm Wolf. Thanks for being part of Wolf's, part of Wolf's Watch. Gets me tongue-tied. This this is the stuff that really matters in life, right? Our relationships with each other, how we help each other, how we have a positive impact and leave a positive legacy. I'll see you on the trail.